0: This is the MMA Takes Podcast MMA Takes Podcast With your host, Brian Petrie Brian Petrie Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast I have to be a little quiet because my wonderful office hugs up against the uh, nursery, I guess you can call it And my little baby girl is sleeping And um I'm not getting the levels I exactly want, and I and I, I try to, our house is freezing, I try to turn off the AC, and uh, it's late, I'm recording this late, and uh, I gotta wake up at 5 in the morning, so I'm trying to record it, AC won't shut off, trying to be quiet, trying to turn up my levels, but then you hear, hear the vent, technical stuff, you don't need to hear about that, how you doing? We got a lot to cover, this past weekend, UFC 227, some fight, big fights got announced, some uh, some things happened. So let's let's get into the, right off the top. Let's go UFC 227 recap. I went a disaster. I was a fucking disaster. So we went five and seven on my picks. I I I started. I've been picking the whole time I've been doing the uh, the podcast, but I just started keeping track because I'm a fucking genius. Um, at UFC 20, 226, so I think I've had four. Cards. This is might have been my fifth card where I've kept score. I'm 34 and 828 overall, so I'm still in the plus. But uh, five and seven, just dismal. I, I I thought some of the underdogs. Cup Swanson being one of them. Kevin Holland another. I was all in on Kevin Holland. If, if I wasn't celebrating my birthday and and out with family and friends, and uh, I, I thought I, I would have had my phone. out betting Kevin Holland because I thought he was. I mean, I, I was all in on him. But, uh, you know, he lost, he lost. He got out grappled. So, yeah, five and seven nights, one and four on the main card. I know not a lot of upsets won besides the ones I bet against, but uh, that's crazy. I did, however, if you listen to the last show, a good friend of mine, Steve Smith, was on. We had a, uh, we bet the main event, Cody versus TJ. I thought TJ was going to win. He obviously did. And we had a little bet where the loser, because we were going to watch the, uh, the fights at a very, very fine establishment called BW3s. And uh, the loser would have to eat the blazing sauce, the the hottest sauce they have to offer. And I won, and I have it on video. And if you want to go to mmatakes dot com, or well yeah, it will be on the website. But also, if you want to go to Instagram. Type in mmatakes.com. That's the that's the handle. I posted a nice little video over there of the loser, Steve, eating the wing. He handled it a lot better. We did a um, a hot sauce challenge forever ago, a friend of mine, about a year ago, actually, this month. And uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm fr- I'm uh, a fan of the Hot Ones show. So I went out and got um, some of the sauces, not all of them, and we did this little... Wing challenge and put it on YouTube. Uh, and the one sauce, the bomb, is—I mean, it's battery acid. It's poison. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, I, I see an FDA message saying, like, "Oh no, if you eat this, it'll kill you," because it is so bad. We were we were celebrating the birthday. My birthday was on the on Saturday the fourth. Thank you for wishing me happy birthday. You guys are so so sweet. Um, and I brought the sauce with me because we were going to watch it at a fine establishment of Dave and Buster's. They were supposed to get the fights, but no one knew what UFC was. It was very odd, it was very strange. A buddy of mine who lives around the Dave and Busters went in and said, Hey, you getting a fight tonight? They're like, Yeah, sure, yeah, come on in. So we go in there, you know, family and friends are there for dinner, they kinda they kinda skedaddle, and uh two of my buddies hang out, we're ready to watch the fights. I got the fucking wing sauce because I don't know if they got hot wings there. It's the whole thing. And uh the the prelims are over and it's on FX and and Daddy's home's playing. And then they had a fucking, like, 1999 NBA Finals playing. And I go, okay, well, we got to figure out if they're playing the pay-per-view or not. Because they got a lot of TVs here, and they're playing a 1999... Fucking finals basketball game and and uh, the we're like hey are they are they getting the fights and then no one really knew the answer so we were just like okay let's go to beat ups trust the old beat ups so he tried the blazing sauce again go to the Instagram if you want to see the loser do it but really I lost as well because I mean I, I, my picks were terrible but let's start right off the top um, main event was I mean kind of how I I I, I, did, I you know I predicted. I predicted TJ to win. I didn't think it would go that quick. I obviously didn't think it would be in the first round. I said last podcast I was worried about Cody not having, like, a true coach. Buckholz left the team, who was also a coach slash fighter. I heard an interview right before I recorded this. He had a difference in opinion. He didn't really name who, but he wanted to coach the team a certain way that he thought they should have been doing this and other people thought. Anyway, Rogan had um, a guy on that brings his fighters up to, to train with Team Alpha Male um, Combat Sports Academy somewhere. I think it's somewhere in Sacramento. I, I The guys, the coaches, his name is slipping me. But Rogan was alluding, like, w- what's Cody doing? How is he training? What's going on? Who's his coaches? And his two coaches are, are two fighters. You know, Chris Holdsworth is, is kind of retired, not, but very active. And Danny Castillo is the same way. I, I've been saying I tweeted out. Just Cody needs a coach. He didn't fix what his problem was. Where was the Cody Garbrandt that fought Dominic Cruz? The elusive, the he's gonna pick his shots. His counters are so good. His hands are so fast. Dominic couldn't have hit him. I mean, Dominic's an awkward guy to fight as is, and Cody goes in there, and it could have just been emotional, but he plants his feet and he starts throwing from his hip, and TJ's just blocking, looking, and firing a right hand. He threw. Three fucking right hands, and then the third one dropped Cody. And Cody didn't move his feet, didn't move his head, just swung from the hip. To me, that's an emotional fire. To me, I think you need a guy, the one guy, or one coach, maybe even another coach. I know they have a jujitsu guy there, I'm not sure his name. But you need one guy. To get in your head and be like Enough of that shit Kind of like what Dwayne is with TJ In the first fight he goes Just throw some kicks out there Don't even set him up Let's just see how he reacts to him Because Cody was jumping back on the kicks The first fight Dominic Cruz brilliantly pointed it out But I just, I don't understand his game, uh, Cody, back to Cody, I don't understand his game plan. I don't understand what he was doing. Um, You know, I know he's, he doesn't appear to be the most intelligent guy in the world, if I can say that. But I thought he fought, like, I I watched that Dominic Cruz fight 10 times. It's one of my all-time favorite fights, one of my all-time favorite performances. I think Cody might need to be a little real with himself, and, and realize that he might not have a chin to sit there and fucking just slug it out with just anybody. You know, I think he needs to be elusive, and he has power. The power's not going to go away. The power's the last thing to go away. The first thing to go is your chin. And I I don't know if Cody's necessarily chinny yet. I think that's obviously a, a label concern. He was dropping his hands like nobody's business. First fight, dropped his hand constantly. He had his hands down throwing bombs and got caught by a right hand and just never recovered. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of how I thought it was going. On. I thought I thought Cody was going to come out better. I just thought TJ was going to – I thought TJ had more ways to win. I thought TJ might have actually wrestled more and then um, just kind of wear Cody down and then maybe catch him late in the third was my prediction. Um, I thought Cody had just horrible, horrible game plan. Wasn't sure what he's doing. He's a very talented guy. He's going to come back. I mean, he might even be in a title chance again. He might just have Domino Cruz's number, and TJ just might have his. It, it could be a whole thing, but, um, you know, all the best for Cody. I do like Cody. I think he's in a very exciting guy. wonder what he's going to do now. I, I think it, he's the most talented guy out of Alpha Male. I think he needs to tell these guys, like, no offense to Castillo, no offense to Holdsworth, you guys are great, but we need to get a guy in here. I know Alpha Male brought in Dwayne. They've tried to bring in Dan Hardy. I mean, they actively look for people, and you know Danny Castillo said it on the embedded like that's not that's the old way to do it. The new way is fighters training fighters well, I think some of these fighters might be kind of you know it's it, it, not every coach has been a fighter, you know you know you if you can't if you can't do you teach. Right, some coaches are were fantastic fighters. You know, Matt Hume, for example, one of the most underrated coaches there is, fantastic fighter. But then you got Greg Jackson, who's never fought, but's got one of the best minds for the sport. So you can't really pick them. I necessarily don't agree with that. So I think Alpha Male and Cody need to do. They need to do something. They need to figure that out because there's too much talent up there for them to be wasting it. And then TJ, I mean, he looked good. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked in shape. I, thought he, I mean, he took a couple good shots from Cody and didn't really faze him. Um, he took a big right hand, but he countered with everything. He looked quick. He looked quicker than I thought he did in the first fight. I thought he had a pretty good game plan. Um, he wanted to beat Cody at his own game. He said he, he sparred a lot or boxed a lot for this fight. I can see that, but... Um, I think he's just a little delusional. I think he's feeling himself a little bit. And, like, you beat Cody twice. You're the Benhamweight champion of the world. My biggest beef is today on the Eric Hawani show, he said that um, Dominic Cruz is a has been and that he's done with them. Listen, Dominic Cruz beat you. I don't care if you think you won or not. It's a loss on your record. You lost your title, Dominic Cruz. What champion doesn't want to de- defeat that? Who else are you going to fight? Marlon Rice is right up there. Ra- Rafael Santa, you guys are one on one, sure. But, if you want the biggest fights, I mean, Domino Cruz is going to have a big fight. You guys beat each other. The first time he talks circles around you, I don't, I don't understand that comment. I think it comes out of a, a little bit of a delusional place. Domino Cruz came on and said his piece of why he needs to fight. He needs to fight TJ, and I 100% agree with him. I know he's not the most active guy, but in my in my mind, in my book, it, 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 he's the best winner of all time. I think TJ. Is uh, drinking a little bit of that Dwayne Kool Aid, uh, a little bit too much. He's feeling himself just a little too much. I think he needs to be happy that he's done with the Cody saga, and, and, and you know now he's he's a, no one can question his championship because you know the first fight Cody was hurt and he dropped him and all that bullshit. But so now you're the champion. Now you got to defend. I don't I don't like this necessarily. Uh, these champions picking who they should fight and who they think they should fight. I think that's. Bullshit. You know, the UFC's going to tell you, listen, this guy's up. You know, we're going to sell tickets with this guy. It might not make the most sense, but, you know, that's what you got to fucking do. So uh, another little tidbit of the card. It was a pretty good card. It wasn't? It didn't blow me away. But what did blow me away was uh, Henry Cejudo. He was absolutely fantastic. Uh, his game plan, his, his cardio, his inch his rest, it's everything was perfect. I thought he would be way too slow for DJ. Um, I thought if he did get a takedown, it'd pop right back up. They did have some nice scrambles, but Cejudo was strong on top. I mean, he's definitely not a, a power threat on top or a submission threat on top. He does have decent ground and pound, but I think, you know, if he gave DJ any kind of air or space between them, he was DJ's getting up or, or snatching an arm, Demetrius is that good. Um, Henry blew me away about how he looked. His wrestling was just out of this world. However, DJ did look off to me. Demetrius—he seemed timid. He seemed like afraid. I—I I, I wanted to rewatch the fight again because I—I didn't know if he got caught with something like in the exchange that maybe he's like, oh, this guy's packing some power. He seemed really off to me. He—he—he kind of got walked down. His movement was low off. He threw some really nice body kicks, some nice leg kicks, some even nice head kicks, and and was landing a really nice left hook in the exchanges, but. Henry, who I thought might have been too slow, was laying on really great counters as well. It was it was a very compelling fight, very close fight. I saw some guys on Twitter have it after three, had a 3-0 Demetrius, which is insane. Going in the fifth round, I had a 2-for-2, two two, and I had Henry in the fifth. You know, um, I I don't think there's controversial with it at all. DJ got hurt. He broke his foot, hurt his LCO. Um, but the one thing that you can take away from this is, is it might sound like I'm stuck to Demetrius Johnson's dick here. And you know that's fine if you think that because um, he's just a class act. The way he handled that loss was was amazing. Now you don't you don't bitch and moan in the in the cage. You don't say this. You don't say that. You say hats off. You go and assess what went wrong. And then you come out like listen. You know, uh, judge because the only thing he said afterwards was he doesn't think judges know how to score kicks, which is fine. I mean, he landed a lot of kicks, body kicks and leg kicks were obviously a big part of his game plan. Some of his kicks were getting caught by Henry. I think Henry uh, knew that kicks were part of his game, or he adapted to that. But uh, I'm just blown away by who man. I thought his only ugly fight in in MMA was was the first Demetrius fight where he got stopped. I thought he beat Joseph Benavidez where he lost a split decision. Um, I think he's super talented. He was one of my guys early on. Find him pretty annoying. If I'm being honest with you, I was. I was telling my buddy I used to. Root for uh, Henry a lot. I still do. I think he's a fantastic fighter. And I follow him on all social media platforms. But, you know, when you're, when you, he's preachy a little bit. You know, he kind of, you know, like, it takes him 25 minutes to probably order a sandwich. Because he to tell you how to make it. And and brag about his Olympic gold medalist. Or his Olympic gold medals. I mean, that's just, it's just, he's just a little too preachy for me. I mean, I'm pretty long winded myself. And the one thing is he laughs at everything after he says. You know what I mean? Like, I like you know he'll be like I gotta get my fro cut Uh, like you know it's not even the laugh that's annoying it's the fact that he laughs after everything he says like I think I'm the funniest guy in the world like I think I mean no one gets me like me but I'm not gonna laugh at everything I say that's just that's just like a nervous weird tick but that aside he looked fantastic good for Henry Uh, uh, Renato Micano a gentleman who I've spoken to spoken about not to. I don't speak portuguese. Spoken about on this podcast several times. He made a top five list, people. I and mean, when you're on the top five list, you're real deal stuff. Let's just let's just put it that way. He was on, I think it was number two or three, check the tapes, of uh under most underrated fighters. A lot of people don't know this guy. He is a problem and he beat my brain. I will I mean, I, I, I can't sit here and, and put record this and put this out to the world and talk about a guy in the bet against them. I was looking at the money. I thought Cup Swanson had a shot. I thought Cup was an awkward fighter. I thought he could maybe pull something out there I plus 285 kickback. I'm like, "Man, I pair him with Holland and maybe get my uh get my boy Jose Torres in there." Uh yeah, Jose Torres in there. I, I could win some cash. Torres got knocked out. Holland lost and Moikano destroyed Cup, So all my underdog picks were dog shit. I didn't lose a tremendous amount of money, which is good. I won the hot sauce bet, which is what I was really aiming for. But I take pride in my my picks, you know. I'm going to keep track for a solid year. And I fully expect to be well over from it. I mean, I'm, I'm claiming... I called myself the kingmaker when I first started. Now I'm claiming to be the best handicapper in MMA. Best MMA handicapper, bar none. There's a ton of people on Twitter that disagree. There's a ton of accounts out there that... They talk, I mean, they're way more professional than I am. They're talking about moving units and and fucking all this terminology that I don't know. I just pick winners. That's all it is. I'm going to get a t-shirt, which I'm actually making t-shirts. I put some feelers out there, some of my friends and some of my coworkers and even some of my family, and no one gave a shit. So I'm going to, I'm still going to put them out. I'm still going to, I need to rock that merch, but I'm going to put, you know, I pick winners because I do. I mean, that's what I do. I don't know about units you know I, I know the i know the lines i know how to bet and stuff but you know i i know how to pick winners the all that unit stuff that's going to come when i'm you know a millionaire or a thousandaire a thousandaire would be nice a couple hundred thousandaire that'd be nice cuz millionaire i mean if i make a million dollars off betting or gambling old uncle sam's going to come knocking on the door but, uh, yeah, he broke my brain. He's a problem at 145 Mercano. I, I, I'm not going to pick against that guy again unless it's against Holloway or Ortega. I think he beats everybody besides those two guys. The undercard um, of the card, it look, I mean, it looked pretty good. Alex Perez, again, I underestimated him. He's 4-0, 5-0 in the UFC, coming off the contender series. Trains out of uh Yama. Kalano Yama's got some up-and-coming fighters. Listen, Jose Torres, Jose Torres. I keep saying Jose because fucking Aldo broke my brain. Jose Torres is a guy that's been a champion on multiple organizations outside of the UFC. He was undefeated, good stand up, good chin, and just got picked apart. Perez is an animal. Went right after him and knocked him out. It was uh, it was so shocking to me. I had to catch that afterwards. I didn't see it live, and I was I was blown away that Torres got handled like that because I think he's an elite fighter. But Alex Presman's a big big 125 or two. He's 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 going to be a problem. Um, I think you know he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna, if he can beat Henry. If he ends up if he ends up getting a shot at Henry, but he's definitely gonna be in the in the conversation for sure. Um, Pedro Munoz, a guy, uh, I thought he got screwed against Brett Johns. Pedro Munoz won unanimous decision. Um, one of the very few fights I got right. Pedro Munoz, again, top, top, top shelf guy at 135. Um, the Dotson fight was really, really close. And uh, Brett Johns, again, I think, you know, Brett Johns, I, th- I thought he won the entire fight. I thought this got screwed for Friday night. This should have got Friday night. Um, Brett Johns, he, I think he needs to maybe come to America and train with a camp. I think he needs to maybe get some different looks. I think he's really good at what he does. But I think if if you're really good at what you do in your gym and you're the top dog at your gym, I think either go elsewhere or, or 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 bring people in because um I don't I think he might have plateaued. I don't know if he's I mean it, it, it was you know Brett, no shame losing against Munoz but that's back-to-back fights where you've you've fought against the elite of the division you came up a little short so I think you Maybe need to. I know it's money, monetary, you know, and and people can make it in small gyms. I think you need to tweak some things. But he lo- he showed up and he looked a lot better than he did against Aljo. I think I think he does have a future at one thirty five. Brett Johnson is, Munoz is going to get a shot at one thirty five. I think. Put him against any of the top. If Sun Sal doesn't get. The uh, Dillashaw fight, give us Sal Munoz. I I think this guy, if he stays active, he's gonna be really dangerous. And another little thing, the the first fight of the night, Marlon Vera, who is a guy who's kind of been up and down the UFC. He looks fantastic. I think if you look at Marlon Marlon Vera, you gotta basically take a picture and say gatekeeper. I'm gonna make Marlon Vera gatekeeper shirts. Probably sell one shirt because no one knows who Marlon Vera is. Very very good guy. I think he's he's the benchmark. Gatekeepers, man, kind of an ugly word. It's kind of like a creepy word, right? Let's call him the benchmark. He's the benchmark at one thirty-five. You get past him, you know, you're destined for top ten, top five. If you lose to him, sorry, time to climb back up. So some winners and losers. Obviously, winner of the night to me was Henry Cejudo. He looks fantastic. I, I, I really, really like that fight a lot. Um, so technical and so great, and, and it just—I mean, he out. I mean, I mean, it's just—I mean, he beat the greatest of all time. Um, does that make him the guys all the time? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But um, the loser, I hate to do it, but, I mean, there was a couple all the night, but I had to give it to Cody Garbrandt because of, you know, he didn't talk as much this time. I think he kind of ran it back and, and tried to remain calm. But you're so much more talented than you showed. That should have been a five-round war. That should have been you ducking and diving, dodging, and and, and you weren't. You went right after him, and, and you stood in the pocket, and, and you went for the finish. I, I think – your fight IQ needs to get up a little bit. So unfortunately, Cody Garbrandt uh, is the loser, loser of the night. <laughs> Poor Cody. Poor Ohio. You know, OH baby. But he got. He's got adorable kids. He's got a great family. He's got a. He's young. He's got a great career ahead of him. I just think he needs to. If he doesn't, I don't think he leaving Alpha Male is is the choice. Because Alpha Male, I think they have some of the best fighters in the world. I think he needs to sit down and be like, "Listen, I'm a former world champion. I should have some say in what goes on here." We need to bring in somebody to coach, or he needs to bring in someone else. I know he's got his uncle, but I don't know if his uncle is his uncle's good boxing coach. That's that's really about it. So that's it. That's that's UFC two twenty seven in a nutshell. Um, I I just I hate talking about it because I lost. I'm five and seven. Won the hot sauce bet again. If you want to see my friend and former uh recurring guest, Steve Smith, eat blazing, uh, a dip, a dab of blazing sauce. Go to my Instagram. And it'll be up on the website probably tomorrow. Like I said, it's late, man. It's really late. I'm old. I'm an old guy. So just some of the news. Obviously, the L.A. press conference happened on Friday before the fights, and the biggest news is Khabib Connor announcement. They kind of did a little trickery. Some of the some of the guys, you know, John Morgan, was getting some shit on Twitter because He asked, like, oh, are are you going to roll something after this? Like, he kind of spoiled it a little bit. Dana lied to him and said, well, you know, I'm comfortable getting the fight done. You know, I I guess I'm in the media with doing the podcast, having a website and stuff like that. I keep getting the nine fucking credentials, though, cocksuckers. I really wanted to go to Lincoln, Nebraska for that card. But just got the email today that's saying, uh, uh, due to capacity, you'll see that, uh, you know, There always going to be a capacity for me if you've ever seen that. That uh it's always a sunny episode where they try to get a pool and the guy's like, Yeah, we're at capacity. They're always gonna be at capacity before I gotta do something, I gotta shake some things up, I gotta shake some trees here, grease some palms. But um obviously Connor Khabib was the big announcement and and you know Morgan asking that question. I mean, it's, it's like the Aero Hawaii thing again. Like they were gonna break the Brock Lesnar news. It was a surprise. UFC went to great lengths to conceal it and Ariel was in the backstage area doing fighter interviews and had a source tell him what it was, and he broke it backstage before they could break it. I get it. That's a journalist's job. You know, they break news. They write the news. They cover the news. But sometimes, just sometimes, you know, maybe just let, you know, us fans and whoever enjoy the moment and let let someone else report it. I I don't think you're going to lose your job because... Someone has reported it, so that's what I stand. I'm I'm kind of mixed on it. I don't know. I understand these guys gotta have a job to do. I understand where the UFC is coming from. I'm I'm a middleman on this one. But the Conor Khabib announced the biggest fight, probably the biggest fight in UFC history. I imagine they got a lot of heat. Uh, they're getting a lot of shit for showing the dolly. I mean, these guys act like Conor like, murdered somebody. Threw a fucking dolly through the window. It was pretty goddamn badass. Everyone needs just needs to fucking relax a little bit, okay? Kiesa got cut and Borg got glass in his eyes. You know what? Let the civil lawsuit deal with that. They're suing Connor, okay? Connor can handle it with the money that he has, okay? Let them sue him. Let them get compensated. If they get money because they messed up in a fight, then just drop it, you know? Uh, Dana, at this point, people should realize Dana's a very emotional guy. He came out and said that was the most despicable thing they've ever seen in the company. Okay, that was that was a gut reaction. Everyone didn't like it. Now they're promoting using it promoting. Of course they are. It's a fucking story. Conor went to jail. I mean, I got I got a Conor McGregor fucking uh I wore it for my birthday, a mugshot t-shirt. Listen, like if he hurt really seriously hurt somebody where they ruined the career or murdered somebody or or punched an innocent person, then no, I'm not going to fucking support him. Do a dolly for windows, you want cuz uh, the guy on the bus cornered one of his friends when he wasn't there that's some gangster shit like people need to just i mean these mma media guys a lot ben folks and a lot of those fucking uh jordan breen and 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 i can't even name other ones but josh gross and on one these guys need to get the stick out of their ass he threw a dolly for a bus window okay He's got to pay a lot of money for it it's selling the fight if you're so goddamn upset about it don't watch the fucking fight but it got announced for October 6th in Las Vegas. I was hoping New York. I have a friend that lives in New York. I mean, not, I probably wouldn't have, have even afforded tickets. I mean, they're going to go for 10000 a pop. But it would have been nice to be able to drive out to New York, stay with my, my good friend, uh, couching it for that weekend, and uh, you know, just be in the city and, and sneak in or... Heaven forbid they actually give me some credentials. You know, it's cocksuckers. But um uh, maybe they listen to this. Maybe they're tired of me saying the cocksucker. But anyway, it's the biggest fight in the world. I'm I'm not gonna talk too much about it right now because there's gonna be so much build up, and there's gonna be a press conference where they're both gonna be there. I'm very, very excited. They weren't at the press conference, they just ran a video package. It's it's gonna be an incredible fight. A lot of people they, they don't know where to go because yeah, Khabib's. Incredible grappling power. You got Connor's incredible stand-up power. The one thing about Connor though is what people don't realize is he's not stupid. He knows what Khabib brings. He's been training. He looks in shape. Um, he's got you know if he can stop a takedown, Khabib's fucked. It, it, that's just that's just it. Um, another little tidbit: Nate showed up late. Had a good quote. They asked him, you know, why are you fighting now? And he said, well, they said it's time to go, so it's time to go. I think I like that. You know, I'm not a huge Nate fan, but he got mad when they ran the package. He stormed off, and uh, I, I wasn't sure why. I tweeted about it thinking, you know, kind of kind of digging at old Nate Diaz a little bit because I'm like, does this guy think he's a bigger star than Connor, you know? And he actually might. He might think he's a bigger star than Connor, but – He ran into the TMZ or his personal photographer or whatever um, released a video where he was explaining why he was upset. And, you know, he tweeted out, fuck the UFC, I'm not showing up to that fight, all that stuff. Very emotional guy. Um, But he said, when Connor and this is where I kind of agree with him, which is weird because I never thought I'd agree with Nate Diaz. The guy's got, you know, he's, you know, I got a a pencil, uh, I got a cup on my table that could score higher IQ than Nate Diaz. However, he said, "Listen, he's like I was in a legal lawsuit. I got sued by my manager. wasn't eligible to fight. No one said a fucking word. They're telling everybody I'm turning down fights. Connor, everyone knows about his legal troubles. The UFC mentioned it. Everyone's like, why won't Khabib and Connor fight? And Dana would respond because Connor's um, didn't want that legal stuff. But they never, they never said that about me." So I can see why Nate's getting mad. I, you know, I, I do think he thinks he's a bigger star than Connor. I know he's, he thinks he won the second fight, which, again, a, a, another little delusional thing. Even if you think you win, you, it's a loss in your record. Go get that back, man. It's going to be a huge payday for you. Sack up, smoke some weed, and fucking get that back if you want it. I mean, I'm, I'm down for a third fight. The third fight's going to have to happen. After the Khabib fight. But, you know, but, but that's what Nate. Some people gravitate towards Nate a lot. You know, They, they like that. You know, And I kind of like it too at times. And other times it's just nauseating. It's like this guy can't be that fucking stupid can he? But I think he can. Um, another thing. Darren Till. Tyron Woodley. They were there. They had a nice good back and forth in the beginning. Darren. He's so interesting. Because he's so honest. And he's refreshing to me. He's just an honest guy. and um, And... Uh, Tyron just started coming at him coming after him like you blah 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 this and that blah blah," like talking shit and and Darren's like okay you know every dog has his day and then that was it and then all of a sudden like Darren said something kind of nice about Tyron Tyron started started, instead of changing his tune instead of attacking started being nice but they did have an all time stare down and Darren still gotten some uh, a lot of people again get 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 so sensitive about these these guys are fighters they live extraordinary different lives and People who work nine to fives are people who, who work what I do. These guys have to live in a different kind of edge, you know. There's no different between, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, <clears throat> who's a, a method actor. He goes and lives by himself, leaves his wife, leaves his family, doesn't talk to him for six months to get into character. But everyone praises him because he wins an Oscar, right? Darren Till says some stuff, and a lot of people don't like it because it, it, it wasn't what they perceived. And I'm going to play that clip right now. You listen to it live audio. But so if you become the champion, that's gonna be life changing money. The, I'm assuming future. Does that change anything as far as your outlook to the fight, or training, or just? I just got a new contract and it was a great contract. But I just, I've, i looked at it. I said, yeah, that's nice. I signed it, and then that was it. You know, I'm, I'm working on legacy and greatness. So I trust my team 100. I touch my. I trust my coach, Colin Head, and 100. So. As long as I do all that work, legacy and greatness, all money will be there. So I don't worry about it. If you know, you can't have worries outside of this game, you know. I've got I've got I've got a girlfriend who's who's, nearly, who's you know, seven months pregnant. I don't really care. I've got a daughter in Brazil right now who I haven't seen for one yet. I don't really care. I just care about legacy and greatness. That's what I'm in this for. I'm not in this to, to make money, be a champion in leave. I'm in this for people to say at the end of it, you were the greatest. That's my only mentality. Fuck money and fuck everything else. I love that. I love that quote. A lot of people, you can get up in arms about it. The guy's focused. The guy's determined. You know, obviously, his daughter lives in Brazil. He lives in England. His It didn't work out the mother. She's staying with her mom. I know for a fact he's he has seen her at least in a year. He just said a year. If you follow his Instagram, he went down there and spent like a couple weeks with her. That's a situation that none of us know. I know he says he doesn't care and everything like that, but he's 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 getting ready for the fight. Obviously, it, it's it's a different world than we live in now. If I, me, a, a regular fucking guy, if I go to work and I and I go to the bar and I go, I don't care about seeing my kids, then I'm a piece of shit. This guy's living a different kind of lifestyle. A lot of us don't really understand, and uh, a lot of people pass judgment on that. A lot of people got their uh, their feelings hurt about that. I don't I don't know why. I don't I I really I I truly don't. But. Uh, just people need to relax, just a just a little, just a just a, a, a tidbit, just calm down, just a little fucking bit on that. I mean, it was a badass quote, Darren Till, quote machine. He's my guy. This, I mean, that's my guy. He's gonna win that title. He's. I looked um, today on Odd Shark, and, and I know it's a, about four weeks out, a little little more. Um, he is um, a slight under, and he has won me money twice. I'm all for Darren Till. I if, if you if you got upset about that or if you're like this guy's a bad person because he said that I mean just think about all these guys out there who are working uh jobs constantly and and they never see their kids because they're trying to provide for their kids or or they're trying to do this and you know and this and and these guys are taking planes to go look over someone's books because they're an accountant and they got to travel or they're uh, you know, some kind of corporate finance and they travel all the time to do whatever and they never see their kids for weeks on end. And when they're home, they're very distant and all that stuff like that. Do the same thing. Think about that, right? And think about getting punched in the face by another professional fighter and winning a championship and submitting a legacy. I think what he said was fucking brilliant. I think anybody who got upset about that can go fuck themselves. Um, next up, you got, the, the, just to finish up on the LA press conference, it was it was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. Connor and Khabib wasn't there, so... Let some people down. Israel Adesanya, another one of my guys, and Derek Brunson. They got into it. They were they were Instagram storing each other and everything like that. Israel's not like he he's good at tra- trash talking. He's very smart. He's very funny. He's very intelligent. But you know, Brunson's just yelling over him, so he didn't really engage in that. The stare down was pretty good. Brunson again yelling at him. Real Chida of stuff, just yelling over. you skinny, bro, and all that stuff. It's like you know, so I think that fight's gonna be very good. I think the build-up's gonna be good for that if they do it right. And then James Vick, Justin, Ga- uh, Justin Gaethje, Jesus, James Vick is just he's he's fucking some. He has some hate in his heart. That old good country Texas boy, fuck, he was cutting deep to Gaethje. I mean, it's like not even fun trash talk, just talking about how he's a fucking punch drunk and he slurring his word and it was just so it was just so hateful like Gagey was just trying to play some games and and entertain himself and and trying to trash him t- uh talk some trash you know he you know Dana was asking for questions and Gagey picked the mic was like James are you gonna run for me or are you gonna stand in the middle like a man and then Gage or Vic I don't have the audio but Vic was brutal I'm like good lord James Vic that was just, it was just it just seemed so hateful. I just said the way he said it. He meant it. Like you hear you hear Connor talk or you hear um these guys like Floyd Mayweather was great at the time. You hear these guys talking, they don't mean it. You know, they're not, you know, they're they're playing they're fun, they're they have good personalities, they're funny, they're enjoying life and, and you know, and promoting a fight. And James Vick is just like, No, fuck all that. I mean what I say. I hate this motherfucker. Pretty crazy, a little uh, a little shocking. But that was that was really the press conference. I mean, nothing, you know, nothing huge big news. Um good weekend for May. Um, let's get into Let's get into Hot take, baby. So we're looking at again. I only have one. That was an accident. <laughs> so my fat fingers. So my hot take is Henry Cejudo, a lot of people can call it a freak win, fluke win, whatever. He's one and one with DJ. DJ, if anybody deserves a rematch, it's Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius did break his foot and hurt his knee. They haven't got an MRI in his knee yet. But my prediction is I think if they immediate rematch, Cejudo wins. That's a take. I don't like to elaborate because we're already running kind of long and it's late. And I'm delirious and this Gatorade I'm drinking is not fucking working. But that that's all I'm going to say. So who going to win the rematch against DJ? I think he. I think he. Um, I think he broke something on DJ. I think DJ just. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to elaborate. But no. Yeah. No. I got a killer top five. I want to get to. That was that was a that was, a, that was a, a, a sleepy. That was the last thing I wrote down. Was my hot take, and it was a sleepy, sleepy hot take. A little weak. I'm gonna. I'll come with more fire uh, next time. But the top five this week. Very excited to talk about it. So it's a, you know, everyone can do the top five rematches, you know, where the guy lost the first time and came back and won. I'm doing the top five rematches where the winner of the first rematch came back and won even more devastating. Like this past weekend, TJ won the first fight, knocked Cody out. first round was close. TJ was, TJ got rocked, so the first round was pretty close. Second round, knocked Cody out. This fight looked better, knocked Cody out in the first round. You know, he's two for two now. So you get the idea. You guys are smart people. I don't know why I'm talking to you like you're five-year-olds. All right, so top five rematches where fighters got destroyed. Shogun Hendo, I love the first fight so much. The first fight was so good. That was one of my all-time favorites. That was the same night as Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler. Just two incredible, some fight of the years, without a doubt. And then they fight again. And again, very good. Shogun drops Hendo real, real nasty in the first round thought Hendo was out. This was right when Hendo was, was losing his chin a little bit and then just caught fucking Shogun with this brutal left hook and shattered his nose. Oh probably shattered his whole goddamn face. Dan Henderson is just a dense dude. Shattered his whole face and and then up winning. The first fight obviously was better, but it was a decision win by Hendo. A lot of people thought Shogun might have won um, I was not. I thought Henderson won the first fight as well. Second fight, really. I mean, Shogun looked well trained. He was obviously on top of a he drop tendo, and then Hendo's just crazy left. It was it was a left hook. I, well, it could have been. It was off a really weird exchange. It might have been a right hook and just shattered his nose in uh, TKO. It was a brutal, brutal fashion. That's my number five. Number three, DJ Joe B. First fight, very close decision win at the end of the flyway tournament final. Um, another one is, 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 uh, DJ Ian McCall could have made this list, but the first fight went to a draw and I actually had Ian McCall winning that fight, but, um, no DJ Joe B obviously the the most famous, uh, I think one of the only few besides Cejudo knockouts of DJ and the UFC just brutally caught Joe B who's got a great chin first fight was very close second fight and DJ won, which I thought he did win, um, for the title and the second fight just clipped. Uh, Joseph Benavidez, Joseph got a little, uh, a little confident in his his power and his chin, and DJ just fucking flatlined. And one of the, one of the best knockouts, uh, top ten knockouts, maybe it was it was pretty brutal. Number three, I hate putting on this list. I fucking heard it. Frankie Yeager versus BJ Penn, the first fight. I had BJ winning that fight, but again, it doesn't matter who I had winning. Frankie Yeager won the fight. It's close, close decision. I thought it was, a very, it was an obby-dobby. It was during the day. I remember it very, very vividly, and I thought BJ did enough to win the decision. Um, he, he looked in shape. He didn't get tired. He fought a pretty smart fight. I thought every time he hurt hit Frankie, it was a lot more impactful. I thought Frankie threw a lot of air punches and, and, and took him down once or twice in that fight. Not a whole lot, but uh, it was a very close fight. Don't get me wrong, but I did think BJ won. Second fight. I saw it at my buddy's house, who isn't a huge MMA fan. Um, but I showed up with a BJ Penn shirt on, and and uh, you know, big BJ supporter. And I think it was—I mean, if they fought in April, I know the Abu Dhabi UFC 112 was uh, BJ Frankie the the one. And the second time they fought, I felt like it was in August, so it was only a couple months later. Same card as James, Tony, Randy Couture. Um, I, again, I don't know the. I don't know the name of the car. I don't know the number of the card. Anyway, um, Frankie destroyed him the second fight, just brutally. I mean, it wasn't even close. Didn't obviously didn't get didn't get a stoppage. They fought a third time. He did stop him. So this is one of those things where they actually fought three times. A lot of people. The reason they fought three times, a lot of people thought. BJ could have probably won the first one. So in some people's eyes, they, they were one-on-one. One. The second fight was a pretty big beatdown. The third fight was the worst I've ever seen. But the second fight, I, it was only a few months later from the first one, and it looked like Frankie downloaded a whole new game, and BJ just, like, didn't train and... and It was really odd performance by BJ. It was it was it was strange. It wasn't as strange as the third fight. I don't want to talk about the third fight. We don't talk about the third fight. Okay. My wife may be hanky pankies, and I had a friend over, and I did not eat hanky pankies. And if you listen, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know how much I like hanky pankies. Next up, number two, an obvious one: Anderson Chael. Chael was dominant in that first fight. He had the first fight won. Anderson pulls a, a triangle Chael goes to sleep Big you know, controversy Not really Chael was going on saying I'm the world champion Doing Chael things And uh, the second fight just put him out Need him right in his chest after a weird spinning back fist I don't know if Chael ever even thrown a spinning back fist He's. I don't. I think he just just winged it. I don't know what he's doing. I I admire Chael. I like Chael a lot. I think Chael's an intelligent guy. I think he's great for the sport. I think he's got a good mind for the sport. He's a great talker, fantastic fighter. But what are you doing? Doing that spinning back fist? I just do what you did in the first fight, man. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why that happened, but he got knee right in his chest. And he, and he commented later and saying that was the worst pain he's ever felt in his life. Got finished pretty uh, pretty aggressively after pretty much winning the first fight, just getting caught. And number one is uh, I had to do it to the double champ, but it's John Jones, DC. DC, I, I have such high regard. I think he's, you know, probably the m- fighter that looks most like Carl Winslow. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm uh, um, no I'm not teasing he looks exactly like Carl Winslow, but a DC double champ hall of fame fighter incredible fighter just couldn't get past the John Jones the first fight fairly close i mean the the early rounds were and then John took over in the later in the later rounds for sure um a lot of knees to the body a lot of kicks to the body and DC kind of just broke down i remember Either in the, I think it was at the fourth round, maybe the end of the third round, in between rounds, fourth and the fifth, I think it was Bob Cooks pleading the DC. You got to do something. You got to win You got to win it. DC just looks kind of broken. Second fight, DC had already been through some wars. Did the beat the Gustav Simpsons, and and really, you know, upped his game and was very confident in that second fight. They tried to make it for two hundred, couldn't make it. He beat Anderson Silva. Um, you know, he was ready for Jones in that second fight, and Jones had only fought once prior to that against Owens, and, and took, went five rounds, and didn't look great, you know, and, um, he was very confident going into that fight, and he looked, you know, looked great, I mean, just wanted to stand up, didn't really wrestle, and, and, was trading in the pocket, you know, I think John Jones is, is boxing's a little weak, if, if I had to pick a weakness to John Jones, I think it's boxing the little weak, but he's, he's gifted with reach and range, and he knows how to use it, and, um, Got caught with the head kick and got put out. So, you know that that had to be number one. As depressing as it is, it had to be number one. But that's a fire top five right there. That's 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 a good top five. Not not you're not gonna see a lot of top fives like that. You know, I'm a real originator. You're not gonna see a lot of top fives like that. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you for listening. I um, I'm trying to get some interviews with some buddies. I've messaged and tweeted three fighters today to see if they want to come on. Haven't heard anything back, but you know, we'll get there one day. We're going to get, we're going to get a name on here and we're going to take off. That's, that's absolutely going to happen. But I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk. I haven't had really a true guest on in a while. Maybe like a little break. I got a buddy who wants to come on, but, uh, you know, and then I have a, a good friend that wants to call or not wants to, but I'm asking these guys to do it, but you know, we're going to have some guests maybe this week. I know we get a little break from UFC the The next one's not until the 25th of August, um, Contender series tomorrow. Hopefully, Greg Hardy gets his fucking head knocked off. But that's about it. I will talk to you. And there's only one episode this week, unless I unless I get an interview. Then obviously, there'll be another one. But uh, we'll see you next week. All right.